So we continue our reading of Madhulila. In this section, Krishna Skabiraj Goswami is giving a summary of the Madhulila before he begins to recite the various pastimes and elaborate upon them. And in this section, which he's really building up to that narration in synopsis form and sutra form of the pastimes, he's introduced Rupa Goswami who's certainly a very important person, and his importance comes out now in Madhulila, was mentioned earlier, and Adilila, that of all the branches, Rupa Sanatana are the best. And so we'll see that in this Madhulila and Adilila too. So in this section, where he's introduced Rupa Goswami, he's merging a little bit the Adilila and Madhulila. He's describing the high point of the Madhulila and also the Antilila. As I said the other night, the high point of the Madhulila corresponds much with the Antilila, and that high point is the Lord's ecstasy in Ratiyatra, the ecstasy of Mahabhav, Radhabhav, which the Antilila then is all about, largely, and in the midst of so many different wonderful pastimes in Antilila. Mahabhava was absorbed in this ecstasy. So, Shesh Arjid Rahit Dwarashvatsar Krishna Rabiharlila Prabhura Antar. In the last twelve years were simply devoted to relishing the pastimes of Krishna in separation within. Nirantara Tridine Viraha Unmade Hashekande Natjegai Paramabishade. All these symptoms of madness appeared in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dancing, singing, laughing, crying, chanting in great lamentation, sorrow. Then we come to tonight's section. Ye kale koren jagannath darshan mani bhavi kurukshetri ponachi milan. So at those times, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he would visit Jagannath and mani bhavi kurukshetri ponachi milan. What was his feeling? Krishna Skaviraj Goswami says at that time his feeling was like the gopis at Kurukshetra meeting with Krishna. Rata yatrai agye chobi koren nartan thani pada matra koreya gayana. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to dance, Rata yatrai agye chobi koren nartan, for the cart of Jagannath during Rata Yatra, thani pada matra koreya gayana. He used to sing one pada, one stanza only, and it was very peculiar. Saita prananata painu jahalagi madandahane jurigenu. This Mahaprabhu would sing over and over again. What does it mean, Saita prananata painu? That I have gotten now the Lord of my life. Jahalagi madandahane jurigenu. For whom I was burning, my heart was burning under the fire of Cupid's influence. So this is not, of course, to be confused with the ordinary Cupid's influence, but there's a great similarity. And in order to describe this kind of love, sometimes, or repeatedly, this kind of comparison is made. The same kind of intensity was the intensity of a young boy's love with a young girl, was the kind of intensity that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu experienced in love for Krishna in the mood of Radha, in the fire of Cupid's influence. We know this is very, very powerful. Nothing can practically check that. If we try to check that, even it just causes it to increase. So this repeatedly in Chaitanya Charitamrita, this comparison is made. It's not to be misunderstood that Mahaprabhu had any mundane desire. He was obviously sannyasi, but he was meditating on 
Krishna in the mood of the gopis, and as we heard on the gopis themselves, chanting gopi gopi, which caused him to take sannyas. But these were not mundane affairs that he was meditating upon. He was engulfed in the fire of transcendental desire for union with Krishna. And seeing him, Jagannath, in Ratayatra, like Radha seeing Krishna at the meeting of the two in Kurukshetra, he felt some solace. He was burning under Cupid's influence, and now Now I've gotten my Lord, but there's a problem here that arises. And the problem is that even though Mahaprabhu and the Bhava of Radha got his Lord, Krishna, there is some impediment to their actually fully experiencing union. Edhuya gane nachen dutiya prahar krishnalangam prajajayit e bhavantar. So Mahaprabhu in the afternoons, he used to sing this repeatedly in the midst of dancing. And what was his mood? His inner bhava, inside bhava, inside mood, was that of wanting to bring Krishna back to Vrindavan. So this is the problem. The meeting is there between the two. I've got the Lord of my life, but there's a problem. Is the environment here is not suitable for experiencing the kind of ecstasy that we experienced in love in Yugal Milan in our youthful meeting in Vrindavan. So Kurukshetra represents more Aishwarya and Vrindavan Madhurya, sweet and intimate. Ebhave nritya madhya padi ekashlok, che shloker arta kehe loka. So in this Baba, in the midst of dancing, he also used to sing this one slok. And about this slok, Look, nobody could understand its meaning. He said, so this is a very famous verse, but it comes from the secular poetry from Kavya Prakash, a very famous book on the science, the art of poetry. And it's repeated throughout many, many books, this verse, but it's a verse about a mundane love. So it was not possible for anyone to understand what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was meaning by singing this mundane love song. This verse in particular is cited in uh, Kavya Prakash in the very beginning for the purpose of illustrating how a verse can best exemplify the very soul of poetry, which is rasa, without being encumbered by various literary ornaments. So it's said to be like a poem, a, a verse that demonstrates the heart of poetry, as you know, the heart of secular poetry and drama, the arts in Indian aesthetics is rasa. And so the heart of transcendental reality is rasa, rasa, vai, saha. And Rupa Goswami has taken from the structure of secular poetry and constructed his whole teaching as to what is the purport of Vedanta coming to this rasa, vai, saha, and using, as I say, taking help from secular poetry to explain so many symptoms, feelings, and aspects, nuances of love in sacred rapture. So the relationship between the secular poetry and the writings of Rupa Goswami is one to take notice of. 
at the same time, it's important to note that the secular poetry and secular rasa has nothing to do with the transcendental rasa of Srimad Bhagavatam. Jiva Goswami has said that there's no real rasa in secular poetry or in the material world, which the secular poetry is about. If there is any, he says, it's that of vibhatsa, disgust, which is ultimately what one experiences. So we have to make distinction between the two, and we have to see the ingenuity of Rupa Goswami to use the secular poetry to explain Vedanta. Rupa Goswami is really the founder of this idea of explaining fully the Vedanta from this angle of vision. Wonderful theological contribution to the world. So Rupa Goswami, one of the things to note here, was a very learned person in secular poetry. And Sanatana Goswami, they were great men of the arts and of literature, very cultured persons. And understanding something about that poetry can be useful. This was brought out later on in Antalila's brought out by Mahaprabhu himself. That without knowing about this, it's difficult to understand what it is that Srimad Bhagavatam is all about. After all, Bhagavatam is Ras Shastra. So it is mentioned by Mahaprabhu himself personally to the assembled devotees at the time when he was glorifying Rupa Goswami, that without being familiar with poetry and the writings of love and so forth, it's difficult to understand what it is I'm about, what Krishna consciousness is about. But if we get lost in that, it'll be very difficult to understand what Krishna consciousness is about. Therefore Mahaprabhu said, then what Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kovitam Vad Jagadishkamaye. Kavita Sundri has also been rendered to mean beautiful poetry. For here he's speaking to his own men. Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kavitam. So no followers, no wealth, and no poetry. No mundane poetry. There's nothing to be found. And this is like the height of material, aesthetic experience, cultured, sophisticated people go to the opera and relish the arts and draw some feeling from that that the common people cannot draw and cannot appreciate. But sophisticated, cultured people can. But don't be a sophisticated, cultured, mundane person. There's nothing in that. This is Mahaprabhu's teaching. A poet can do so many things with his use of words. And so it is with music as well. We see this more in a common sense. People are just captured by music and the feelings that music gives, the emotions, and they're carried on the waves of that, and carried away from seeing the real meaning of life, what underlies the material world, where these feelings come from, how they're products of the mind and so forth, and different from the soul. So don't be lost in these things, but at the same time, there's a way to benefit from them, is the idea. Mundane love is a reflection of the transcendental love, and mundane love is the subject of most of the poetry. So if we understand the reflection, teaches us the shadow of the substance of the reality. So otherwise, uh, we could sit in meditation for a long time. In fact, it is said like this in our Sampradaya, Rupa Goswami says, so that they sat in meditation for eons and eons. So they could not understand the uh, aesthetic rapture of Radha and Krishna. So Chaitanya Charitamrita and the books of the Goswamis, they're all drawing from these secular books and drawing from the sacred books in such a way as to make accessible the highest ideal of all the sacred literature. So this is a very famous verse, and 
Mahaprabhu used to sing it again and again, and as mentioned here, nobody knows what the meaning is. What it's about is a young girl meeting with her husband and remembering the days when they were not married and how intense the union was and their feelings and wishing to return to that. So this is a verse that Mahaprabhu sang and thought of Parakya Bhav. And no one could understand it. He's in the middle of Ratiyatra, a very spiritual festival. And of course, Jagannath is the Lord of the universe. So there are many different conceptions about Lord Jagannath, who he is, all types of worshippers and so forth. And Mahaprabhu had a particular conception with which he worshipped Jagannath. And that's what's being described here by Krishna Skaviraj Goswami. When he saw Jagannath, he thought of bringing him to Vrindavan, like Radha wanted to bring Krishna from Kurukshetra back to Vrindavan. That while they were meeting, there was a problem. He didn't have his flute there, and he was surrounded by such entourage, royal paraphernalia, and so forth. So a great problem, the meeting, but impediment to feeling the ecstasy of Parakya Bhav arises. So this was what Mahaprabhu was feeling, and he's singing this song in Ratayatra. And as I say, so many people have different conceptions of Jagannath, but it's overtly, no matter what their conception is, a religious festival. And here, this highly spiritual figure, a sannyasi, is singing a mundane love song. So people could not understand what he was about. Once I was told by a devotee, this is an instance of fanaticism, you'll find, we were doing kirtan here in the West, and he remarked, what is the use of your kirtan here in the West? He said, Shudamar said that the cinema songs that you hear in the Dom. If you go to the Dom, Navadvip or Vrindavan, you can hear the people playing the cinema songs. This is more spiritual than Kirtan outside of the Dom in the West. So I knew that quote of Sridharmarsh, and of course it had a particular meaning to me, but this fellow, his meaning was, you shouldn't perform Kirtan, you should just go and live in the Dom in Navadvip and serve even the people who are playing those cinema songs. And I uh, remarked to him that First of all, you wouldn't have even thought of that, had the opportunity, if it weren't for Kirtan in the West, by which you've been captivated, caught up, and brought to the Dom. So it must have some value. And our Guru Maharaj, of course, has instructed us to do so, and Sridhar Maharaj has not told us not to do Kirtan in the Western world, but he was making a remark about the sacredness of the Dom, in one sense, and how to view the inhabitants. But further, what he's hearing, and what you may be hearing when you hear the cinema song in the Dom, there's another thing. Mahaprabhu in Ratayatra was singing a mundane song, apparently, but with what conception? So Sridharmarsh had the capacity to take the mundane songs in the Dom and turn them into transcendental meaning and live through that in the Dom itself, not on the surface of it. And I told you, are just taking this in a fanatical way, the idea of living on the surface of the Dom. So if you can do that, then you should just live in the Dham. Otherwise, you should come here in the West and other places outside of the Dham and preach that. Mahaprabhu taught that. Mahaprabhu went outside of Navadvip to do kirtan and preach. This is the Madhya traveling and preaching. We should follow this Leela before we think we're fit to go and reside in the Dham. Sridhar himself preached widely, even though he was a very introverted person. He did wide preaching under the guidance of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur founding the Madras Mahat, the Godavari also, Ramananda Roy's place. For finding that place of Ramananda Samvad, he was given the name Ramendra Sundar by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Ramananda Samvad was the favorite discourse in Chaitanya Charitamrita of 
Sridhar Maharaj. So anyway, he founded that place, founded Madras Math. He preached quite extensively. And then after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur, in the midst of the turmoil of the different devotees, he went to Namadvip. He asked permission from Nityananda Prabhu to have residence there. So residence in the Dham, that's not the light thing. We cannot think we can just go there and take advantage and hear the cinema song. Actually, we'll be distracted by that cinema song. We'll be disturbed by that. If we can turn it into something wonderful in our mind, then we can stay there and have the highest vision. I remember going through the streets of Vrindavan and hearing the... We, we got stuck in a rickshaw and the Verma band was coming and playing. You know, the Verma band for all the marriages and so forth. And the devotee was, he was very disturbed. At the time, I was thinking it was very nice. Even from a religious point of view, here they are in the streets blowing the horns and beating on the drums and the guys yelling in the megaphone and announcing, these two are getting married and everybody knows about it. It's a little different than in the West. <laughs> when it's all announced and everybody in the town knows and it takes on a religious flavor, religious color, and, and this is auspicious. There may be deeper meaning to that also, if one can think of it in other ways. So, we take Sri Dharmarsh like that, a great dham, basi. But we shall try to do kirtan outside of the dham and do preaching. And here Mahaprabhu was in Puri Dham singing a mundane song, but it had deep spiritual meaning to it. And nobody could understand the meaning, but for one, e shlokair artha jane ekala swarup, daive evatsartahan gyachen rup. So it just so happened, by chance, naive, by God's arrangement really, there's no chance, that Rupa Goswami came along at this time and heard this verse, the deep meaning to which, here it is mentioned, only Srup Dhamadra Goswami knew. Prabhu Mukhe Shloka Shuni Gosai, She Shloka Artha Shloka Kurilatathai. So, although the meaning was only known to Srup Dhamadra, Rupa Goswami hearing it, he immediately composed another sloka of his own which described the meaning of the original verse. And sloka kori ekatal patrete ligiya apana vasara chale lakila gunjiya. After composing the verse, Rupa Goswami wrote it on a palm leaf and he tapped it on the roof of his house, which he was living. It was like he was making an announcement, really, sticking it there. There were no newspapers in those days, so he wrote it on a leaf and tacked it over the door. They have to make an announcement. This is why we have such regard for Rupa Goswami, because Narottam Das Thakur says, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yenabhutale Swayam Upakadamayam Dharati Svapadantikam We ask Rupa Goswami will bless us, because why? He understood the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mano Bhishtam. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam. He understood fully the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the inner purpose of his descent, the highest reach of his outreach, and he made this available. How? And this is an instance. He announced earlier at Prayagnam, O Mahavadanaya Krishna Prima Padayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Bhutishetama. He announced Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna. He could see it. At that time at Prayag, as Mahaprabhu will describe here, he gave Rupa Goswami all blessings. He revealed the heart of his mission, his own heart to Rupa Goswami. Because Rupa Goswami could understand the heart of Mahaprabhu, when he sang this song, he could understand it. He composed his own verse that described that, and he made this available to us. So Rupa Goswami has revealed the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, we call Rupa Nugasambradaya. At the time that in Prayag, when Mahaprabhu blessed Rupa Goswami, gave him teachings, siksha, 
Then he put his feet on his head and blessed him. And he told him that all the Vedic truths I reveal in your heart. So Vedic truths are given by Brahma. This is the founder of our Sampradaya, called Brahma Madhvagodiya Sampradaya. But we also call it Rupanugu Sampradaya. Because the things that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed, which he was about, Brahma didn't know about. So we also, in a sense, start our Sampradaya with Rupa Goswami. Then another reason for calling it Rupanuga Sampradaya. He fully understood the heart of Mahaprabhu. He was blessed at Prayag. Therefore, he could understand here. And he revealed all these things to the world. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used him in this way. We say Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give these things. But how do we know that he came to give these things? Who wrote the verse? Anarpita charim charat kalo samarpaitam unatojula rasam sriyam. This is written in the Vidagdamada of Rupa Goswami. That he's glorifying the deity of the book to whom he offers the book. This was asked by Ramananda Rai later in Antilila. Ramananda Rai asked, Mahaprabhu was actually assembled with his devotees and he wanted to show off Rupa Goswami to them. Here he is with his intimates, and Rupa Goswami, of course, always keeping at a distance and always very humble, worshipping all the devotees, he and Sanatan Prabhu, Mahaprabhu dragging him in. As we've said before, what is the verse of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur? Don't try to see God, but act in such a way as God will want to see you. Rupa Goswami demonstrated this type of approach. Mahaprabhu dragged him in, as Nityananda Prabhu dragged in Raghunath Das Goswami. Mahaprabhu dragged him in, pointed him out. He told all the devotees, oh, his poetry is very nice, you should hear it. Tunde Tundavli. He saw this verse of Purnamasi in the drama Vidagdamadaba, written by Rupa Goswami, glorifying the holy name. Mahaprabhu saw it from the corner of his eye and said to say this verse. And all of the devotees were very much pleased. And they were all great poets and learned, cultured persons. And so they asked Rupa Goswami, say something, what kind of dramas are you writing here? And what is the introductory verse? And then Ramananda Rai asks, who is the deity of your book, whom you offer that to? And let's hear that verse. So there's a certain structure to the poetry and rules. And they were seeing, did he know all the rules of poetry and so forth? And so he did, of course, and he gave the verse. And this is the verse, Mahaprabhu blushed. You're saying this about me. So yes, we say that Mahaprabhu came to give all these things. He is the bringer. But Rupa Goswami gave us Mahaprabhu, who he is. Revealed to us. Without him, we would not know. He said, Namo Mahabodhana. He said, Anapitacharim Taratkarnabhatinakalo. Samarpaitam unatojurasam sabhaktisriyam. He came to reveal the highest, brightest mellows of Rasananda and to give it out freely in Kali Yuga. Something that was never given before, or at least not for a long, long time. Sometimes it is said, never given before. Yet this was the very heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As I say, Rupa Goswami understood it. He announces the world. Therefore, we are so much indebted to Rupa Goswami. Therefore, he's been introduced here in the beginning of Madhi Lila. He is the principal player in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I've said before, from other devotees, so many devotees of Krishna, so many devotees of Mahaprabhu, we learn something about the spirit of bhakti. But from Rupa Sanatan Goswami's, we learn how to actually practice devotional service. Their position in Gaurila is such, they teach us how to actually execute devotional practices such that we can develop the kind of love of God that the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are possessed of. So much we are indebted to Sri Rupa Goswami. So here anyway it is mentioned, after composing the verse and putting it on the roof, Rupa Goswami went to bathe in the sea. In the meantime, 
Mahaprabhu just happened to come along and he saw the verse hanging there. And what did he do? He takes a side note here. He says, Haridas Thakur Arup Sanatan Jagannath Mandire Na Yarnatin Jan. These three, Rup Sanatan and Haridas Thakur, they didn't go to the Jagannath Mandir. And why didn't they go? They didn't go because they didn't want to disturb the socio-religious climate. Now, Mahaprabhu is, of course, a form breaker, and he was disturbing the socio-religious climate in Jagannath Puri. But also, Rup Sanatan, they were the great generals of Mahaprabhu's preaching mission. And they were very astute, not only in terms of being learned men from a literary point of view, but from a political point of view also. They had been like ministers to the government in Bengal, so they knew how the government worked in the times, and although this was a Hindu government in Puri, still there was, they knew the minds of the Hindus, they came from that back, they knew the minds of the Muslims, that's why they advised Mahaprabhu, as we'll hear later, don't go to Vrindavan with a big group. For spiritual reasons, they gave, but also for external reasons. There is a stronghold of the Muslims there, and you're coming with a big group, and there may be some trouble. So they were very thoughtful about how to establish the Sampradaya. They used their intelligence and all of the talents they had in their background. They fully employed this. So they didn't go to the Jagannath temple. They were considered outcasts from the Brahminical community. And of course, Thakur Haridas was by birth. So they didn't try to force their way into the temple, but they stayed at a distance. So although, as I say, Mahaprabhu was shaking the times and breaking the socio-religious barriers, and he was a socio-religious reformer as well as a spiritual reformer, we are to draw from that today what that means for us. Why they didn't go into the temple doesn't mean that we necessarily shouldn't go into the temple. Prabhupada, for example, wanted his disciples to be able to go into the temple. After all, now we live in these more religiously plural times, and these things are more out in the open. This was a much more confined socio-religious society. Nowadays, things are very much often up in the air as to what one should or shouldn't do. This was very defined social climate. And so, because they were outcasts by birth in Haridas Stalker's case, or by circumstance, Rupsanathan, they didn't try to force their way in and cause too much difficulty. It was enough that Mahaprabhu was associating with them, giving so much attention to Haridas Thakur, although they didn't come to the temple, as we hear, Mahaprabhu went there every day. And he certainly included them in his fold. But anyway, they were sensitive to the times not to try to push things too much. So in our preaching, we have to be a little tactful. We don't just go and try to knock down the front door. We may have to come in the window or the back door in order to make our point. Mahaprabhu Jagannathir Upala Bhogadikya Nijagrihe Yana Eitinera Miliya. So Mahaprabhu would go and see Jagannath Upala Bhog ceremony, and then he would go and meet these three. Every day. Well, they didn't go to the temple, the Lord came to them. That was the idea. Eighteen Madhye Yabbe Thaki Jejan Tanayasi Apani Mile Prabhura Niyam. So, if one of them wasn't present, then he would meet with the others, and this was his regular practice. Daivayasi Prabhu Yabbe Udvete Chalila Chali Gunja Talpatre Seshlokupaila. So, by chance, Mahaprabhu came there at that time, and he saw that leaf on the thatched roof of Rupa Goswami, and he read the verse. And Shlokpadi Achiprabhu Avishtahaya, in great avishta, a great wonder that is the basis of Rasananda, he read that verse with astonishment. 
Rupa Gosaya Sipade Dandavatahan. Meanwhile, Rupa Goswami came and fell down offering Dandavats. Mahaprabhu was reading and he understood my heart. How could it be? Uti Mahaprabhu Tanre Chapadamoriya Kohite Logila Kichu Kolete Koriya. Standing up from his seat, Mahaprabhu raised up Rupa Goswami and gave him a slap and sat him down on his lap. That's if to say, you're telling things about me to the people that is very embarrassing. I've said before that what the Goswamis are writing about, what they're teaching about, and giving to the world widely, when Krishna hears, oh, you know that about me, he's embarrassed. This is what Godi Sampradaya specializes in. Everybody's speaking about God and so many religious societies in one way or another, but Godi Sampradaya is speaking about those kind of things. And if God knows that you know that, he'll be embarrassed. He'll come to you very quickly and try to put his hand over your mouth. So quickly he'll get his attention. So this happened, Rupa Goswami he gathered him up and said, How do you know these things? How can you understand this? Nobody knows the purport of my verse. When I sing this mundane love song, nobody knows what I'm thinking. So how do you know? How is it that you've come to understand it? How is it possible? Prashad Kuriya Surup Goshani Re Shloka Dikailanda. Showing great mercy to Rupa Goswami, he handed the shloka of Rupa Goswami's that explained that verse from Kavi Prakash, its meaning, to Surup Dhamra Goswami. This was the regular practice of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All poetry went through Surup Dhamra Goswami, his personal secretary. It's either was defective, whether it was appropriate or not. It would not come to Mahaprabhu without going through Surup Dhamra Goswami because he was the filter so that Mahaprabhu would not be disturbed by something. It said about Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, He would become disturbed whenever something was stated that was not in accordance with the Siddhanta of Rupa Goswami. Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Dantaharine. So what screened Mahaprabhu from having that kind of reaction was Surup Dhamra Goswami. Of course, now he's read this verse directly. He's not at all disturbed. He's very pleased. He's astonished. He's shown great mercy to Rupa Goswami, but he gives it to Surup Dhamra Goswami and says, you read this and you tell me, how is it that he could understand the meaning of my singing? Well, Surup Dhamra Goswami says, Surup Kohe, Jate Janila Tomar Man, Tate Jani Hai Tomar Kripar Bhajan. He says that, oh, if Rupa Goswami understands your mind, the only reason is that you must have given him a special benediction. And Mahaprabhu now admits that. Prabhu Kahe Tareyami Santushtahana. I was so satisfied with Rupa Goswami. Now he's speaking previously. When is this? This is at Prayag. Previously, when I met with him at Prayag, I was so pleased with him. That's when he said, Namo Mahavadanaya. That what happened? Alingana Kailu Sarvashakti Sanjariya. That I embraced him and bestowed upon him all necessary shakti for disseminating the bhakti cult. He says, at that time I gave him all my shakti, all my power. I revealed everything to him. Yogya patrahai guda rasa vipechane tumio kahiyo tare guda rasa kyane. Still, he says this, although I gave him all my shakti fully, he says, I accept Rupa Goswami, and now upon seeing this verse particular as fit to understand the confidential mellows of devotion, and therefore I recommend that you explain devotional service to him further. It was the position of Surupdhamadar Goswami. And again, these things are not to be taken cheaply. After Rupa Goswami got all this 
empowered to preach, all the instructions for preaching, and he got empowered to write his various books and so forth. Now, at this time, Mahaprabhu is saying, oh, you're fit after all this for understanding these higher topics. Srupa Dhamana Goswami will give you further advice, as Raghunath Das was also advised by Mahaprabhu to hear from Srupa Dhamana Goswami. Eshab koi bhaage vishtar karina sangchepe udesha koila prasthava paina I shall describe, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, all these incidents elaborated later on. Now I have only given a brief reference. So, although he says that and it appears that he rests here, he cannot stop. Next he cites the verse of Rupa Goswami itself and he begins to explain it. Rupa Goswami wrote, Priya so yam Krishna sahachari kurukshetra militas tataham saradha tad idam ubayo sangamasukham tatapi antakhelan madura murali panchamajushe manume kalindi pulina my dear friend, now I have met my very old dear friend Krishna on this field of Kurukshetra. I am the same Radha, and now we are meeting together. It is very pleasant. But still, I would like to go to the bank of the Jamuna beneath the trees of the forest there. I wish to hear the vibration of his sweet flute playing the fifth note within the forest of Vrindavan. So that Rubhagosami is writing, Radha is speaking to a gopi friend. To her dear friend, <laughs> Rupa Goswami, dear friend, Radhika. He hears her speaking this very verse, expressing her mood, always there to attend to her necessity. And great necessity, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur has pointed out, she had at Kurukshetra. Because, as we've mentioned, the meeting was there, say to Pananatupainu, I've got the Lord of my life, but there's a problem. We were in the wrong setting. And the environment that will nourish and bring out the fullest ecstasy is not present here. So Radharani is speaking to her dear friend about the meaning of this meeting. This is the import now of that verse. Radharani wants to take Krishna back to Vrindavan. This verse appears three times in Chaitanya Charitamrita, as does that poem from Kavi Prakash. And that poem appears twice in Gopal Champu of Jiva Goswami, which is about the Niti Lila, after the inhabitants of Vrindavan have returned to the Niti Lila, speaking about the Prakat Lila from that perspective, discussing it. And twice that verse from Kavi Prakash appears, Yakumanaha, which overtly appears to be about Swakya, seeing the glories of Swakya because Radha and Krishna appear to be married in this book. But if we study carefully the writings of Jiva Goswami, the conclusion of the Sampradaya is that he spoke about Swakya to make the point of Siddhanta, that according to Siddhanta, there is no other person that Radha is married to. Marriage to anyone else is illicit, only to Krishna. Only union with Krishna is legal, something like that. So, twice this verse comes in Gopal Champu, and the Gaudiya's charges, they take it to mean that this the whole book really hinges on this verse. The Diva Goswami is in perfect agreement with Rupa Goswami, that Parakya Bhav, that is the highest ecstasy, and it is eternal. It is not just uh, manifest in the material world, but it's also present in the spiritual sky and in the Nityalila. The Bhav of there is the same as here. There may be some slight differences externally. But the Bhav, which is the basis of that world, when it appears here, also comes. This is the idea. So Rupa Goswami understood. He explained Radha's feelings, her desperation at Kurukshetra. Now devotees, please hear a brief explanation of this verse. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking in this way after having seen the Jagannath deity. Sri Radhika Kurukshetri Krishnere Darshan Tidyapi Payen Tabu Bhavena Aichan. So the subject of his thoughts was Radha, who met Krishna in the field of Kurukshetra. 
Although she met Krishna there, she was nonetheless thinking of him in the following way. She thought of him in the calm and quiet atmosphere of Vrindavan. Rajavesha Hati Goda Manusha Gahana Khan Gopavesha Khan Nirjan Vrindavan. Here at Kurukshetra, he was with royal dress, Rajvesh, Hati, elephants, Goda, horses, Manusha, so many men, army, this is Darkadish, and Khan Gopavesh, Khan Nirjan Vrindavan. She liked him in a quiet, solitary meeting in the forest of Vrindavan in his Gopavesh, dressed as a Gopa, as a cowherder. Thus meeting Krishna and thinking of Vrindavan atmosphere, Radharani longed for Krishna to take her to Vrindavan again to fulfill the desire in that calm atmosphere. And then Kabirach Basami quotes from that section of Bhagavatam that describes the Ratayatra. We have Ratayatra on three levels. There is the Ratayatra performed by Prabhupada all over the world, Ratayatra of Mahaprabhu, and Ratayatra in Krishna Lila. The gopis, they prayed in this way. Oh, dear Lord, whose navel is like a lotus flower. Your lotus feet are the only shelter of those who have fallen into the deep well of material existence. Your feet are worshipped and meditated upon by great mystic yogis and highly learned philosophers. We wish that these lotus feet may also be awakened within our hearts, although we are only ordinary persons engaged in household affairs. Three kinds of worshippers of the Lord are mentioned. Four kinds. Gopis mentioned themselves... Ordinary persons absorbed in household affairs, and karmis, gyanis, and yogis. You are worshipped by big materialists who have great resources and perform great yogis on the karma marg, and they want from you material benedictions. Gopi said, we don't have those kind of resources to worship you in that way. Overtly, they're deprecating themselves, but covertly, they're actually dismissing the paths of karma, gyan, and yoga. Big philosophers, agada bodhai, they think of you in the Ganamarg very deeply about what you're about and you disappear practically in the course of doing so. And they seek transcendental life by this. And the yogis, they worship you in the heart as Paramatma. And they are so qualified. They appear to be saying, all these people are so qualified. We have no such qualifications. We're simply village girls. We're not big kings with great resources that can perform sacrifices. We're not very developed in our intelligence like the big Ganis to study the scripture and be introspective. No. We can't sit like yogis in meditation on you. We're unqualified. We're just household girls. But we want you anyway. <laughs> and we want you as part of our family. We want you to be our husband, they're saying. This is how we want you. This is how we're approaching you. Oh, this very much pleased Krishna to hear this at Kurukshetra. They're saying, not by karma, not by jnana, not by yoga. We're not interested in these things. This has nothing to do with us. Our interest is much different than this. We want you personally. These people are worshipping you, but they're not interested in you personally. All of them want something. Bukti mukti siddhi kami sakali ashanta. Krishna bhakta nishkama deva shanta. Bukti mukti siddhi. The karmis want bukti, material enjoyment. The jnanis want mukti. The yogis want siddhi. We're not interested in any of these things. We have no such desire. We want you personally. Oh, Krishna was very much satisfied by hearing this. And in this section in Bhagavatam, in the original Ratayatra and Krishna Lila, the meaning at Kurukshetra, Krishna admitted he was purchased by this feeling of the gopis. He said, yes, many people approach me for transcendental life, but what you want from me, I'm purchased by that. 
the method in which you've approached me, that is very different. Tomat charanamor rajapura ghare udai kore jati tabe vanchapure. The gopis thought, dear Lord, if your lotus feet again come to our home in Vrindavan, our desires will be fulfilled. All these things are explained in greater detail later on in Madhilila. Mahaprabhu prayed, Morman Vrindavan. My mind is Vrindavan. Please come and place your feet there. Then I will be satisfied. So Bhagavatir Shloka Gudartha Vishad Karina Rupa Gosai Shloka Hila Loka Kujana. In one verse, Rupa Goswami has explained the confidential meaning of the verse of Bhagavatam for the understanding of the general populace. Quotes this verse from Alita Madhava. The gopis continued, Dear Krishna, the fragrance of the mellows of your pastimes is spread throughout the forest of the glorious land of Vrindavan, which is surrounded by sweetness of the district of Mathura. In the congenial atmosphere of that wonderful land, you may enjoy your pastimes with your flute dancing on your lips, and surrounded by us, the gopis, whose hearts are always enchanted by unpredictable ecstatic emotions. Emato Mahaprabhu Deki Jagannate Subhadra Sahita Deke Vamsi Nahihate in this way, Mahaprabhu thought, seeing the Lord Jagannath along with his sister Subhadra, that you're not holding your flute. Bamsi nahi hate. This is a problem for me. Tribanga Sundar Braje Brajandanandana. He was absorbed in Tribanga Sundar Brajandananda of Braj. And Kahan Poba E Bancha Bade Anukshana. I'm seeing you very differently. Here, he always desired this, to see him in this way, and he was seeing Krishna very differently. Radhika unmad jayche udhava darshane udgurna pralap taiche prabhura ratri dine. Just as Radharani talked inconsistently with the bumblebee in the presence of Uddhava, Mahaprabhu in ecstasy talked crazily and inconsistently day and night. He's moving now completely to Antilila with this description. So in this way, this Sheshlila, which includes Madhyanantya, have this way the Lord passed his time, executing his pastimes in these ways. After Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas, whatever pastimes he executed were unlimited and unfathomable. Who can understand the purport of such pastimes just to indicate those pastimes? I am presenting a general survey of the chief pastimes in the form of a synopsis. Now he will begin the synopsis. We'll start with that in the next class. Any question? Uh, there's a Leela that described by Gaurav Maharaj when Krishna disguised himself as a sannyasi to approach Radha because she wouldn't see him. He had displeased her son. And eventually, through the help of the Sakis, he's brought before her. And when he reveals himself, she sees him. He couldn't maintain that form. He became Shamasundra. How was that possible that she could see him in Well, she, she didn't see him like that, but she saw everything else around him like that. She saw only her heart's love, but there was no opportunity to pursue her heart's love in the midst of elephants, and they didn't just disappear. But the way she's speaking, you can see she only saw this. She ignored all of that. Her prayer is only about that. You are my Krishna. In Gopavesh, I want you like that. That's what you are to me. I don't see anything else. I see you. This is all external. Krishna's heart came out there. The heart of Brajananda and Krishna came out. He said, I'm purchased by you. So she did bring him out. We discussed that to some extent in Bhagavad Gita. For giving justification for why some of the charges here of Brajananda and Krishna speaking 
at Kurukshetra in Bhagavad Gita, although formally he's Dwarkadish Krishna. Remembering Kurukshetra, what went on there? So not everyone there would see him like that. Yeah, most people saw Krishna in a Kurukshetra war as four-handed. Only Arjuna saw him as two-handed. So according to their conception, then they'll see him, if they see him at all. All right, we'll stop there. Chaitanya Chaitamrita Ki Jai.